Welcome to Hungry to Learn. My name is Birga. I'm doing a pretty raw, unedited, no intro, no outro type of podcast today. I had something pretty heavy on my heart this morning and felt like I needed to share and get it out quickly. And maybe this is perfect timing for some of you struggling through the aftermath of trauma. We seem to have endless stories in our news media about trauma that has happened both on the small scale and the large scale. It is very easy to let the news become overwhelming and so distressing and discouraging that you lose joy, that you lose hope, that you lose peace. And I certainly hope that is not the case for you. But if it is, I'm trusting that maybe there might be a word of encouragement in this podcast for you today. On February the 23rd of 2018, we had a trauma that happened in our family. And I will say up front, I am thanking God that it didn't end up in death, but it certainly could have. I know some of you have not escaped death that has come to your family, and so you have experienced trauma on a much deeper level than I ever have, and I pray that I ever will. But nonetheless, there is trauma in varying degrees that happened to us all, and I just wanted to take a few minutes to share the story of what happened to our family back in February. We had all gathered over at my brother and sister-in-law's house to celebrate the 18th birthday of my nephew. Well, it was kind of a split celebration. The family and friends were all together for some hamburgers and cake and ice cream. And then the kids were going to take off and drive up to the crest, which is the high point of our mountains here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, to take pictures at sunset. The adults were staying behind to have a Bible study and a time of prayer, which we normally do on Friday nights, which happened to be the day that we were gathering together. Well, we ate, we celebrated, and the kids left, and something in me was just sick. I don't know what it was. I think it really was just the Holy Spirit prompting me, but I just started weeping when the kids walked out the door, and my sister-in-law approached me and asked, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know. I just don't feel good about the kids going. And so she said, very wisely, let's pray. So we did. We prayed for their safety. We prayed that there would be no problems, no you know, situations that would arise, and then we went about with our Bible study. It was maybe, I don't know, let's say an hour and a half later. I'm not really clear on the timeline at this point, but I, I get a phone call, and I look at my phone, and I see the caller ID is from my daughter, and my heart just sank. I somehow instinctively knew before I even answered the phone what had happened. I answer it, and the first words out of her mouth are, Mom, we had an accident, and she begins to cry, and she tells me she's upside down in a car. She doesn't know what's happened. And this begins a kind of whirlwind next few hours in our lives. Well, I want, I want to give you some examples of how God is always present, even though we don't recognize it at the time. Sometimes it takes the blessing of hindsight to look back and see where God was present. But sitting next to me when I was getting this phone call was one of my longest, dearest friends, Steve, who is an Albuquerque police officer. Well, where the crash had happened was up in the East Mountains and was not in the jurisdiction of Albuquerque police, but he was getting ready to go on shift. He was already dressed. He was getting ready to go out to his squad car. I put the phone on speaker and had Hannah repeat, Hannah's my daughter, had her repeat what had happened. So she begins to tell that they were coming down from the crest. She overcorrected in a turn and they went off the edge. I didn't understand at that time how serious this was, but we'll get to that here in a few minutes. Anyway, Steve, in a very no-nonsense manner, 
took the phone from me. I followed him out. He goes to his squad car and he immediately begins to correspond with Bernalillo County Sheriff's Department. That interaction and the timeliness of it, I believe, was critical in the positive outcome of this whole situation. Well, obviously, we were praying. There was just this sick feeling, I think, for all of us, not knowing what we were going to find, what not knowing what we were going to encounter. We were able to have a few more minutes of conversation with Hannah. She had told me that she and the, the three other girls with her, so four total, it was my two daughters and two friends, they were all okay or seemed to be okay, though Hannah was bleeding badly. She said Sydney's feet had been really hurt, that's my other daughter, and the two other girls seemed to be okay. They were able to exit the car somehow, but they were down a very steep embankment. They couldn't see the road, they couldn't get up to the road, they didn't know how to identify where they were, and just the list of problems went on and on. Well, I'll fast forward to the point when I get onto the scene of the accident. You know, it took, takes us a little bit of time to drive to where they were. And so we get up there and I'm stopped several hundred feet, or excuse me, several hundred yards back from the scene of the accident. There's fire trucks, there's ambulances, there's squad cars all over the place and we're held back on the road. And I can see from afar a fire truck positioned on the side of the road with ropes going down the embankment and a number of firefighters rappelling down the, the, the wall. And I am just waiting and waiting and waiting for the first head of our kids to come up over the ridge so I can see if they're okay. Well, thank God, every single one of them made it up okay. And by the time that we were released from the point where we were held back and allowed to approach the ambulances, I just walked into a surreal setting. Both of my girls were in separate ambulances. The other two that were hurt were there as well. There were injuries, but nothing life-threatening. There were no broken bones. There was cups, cuts and scrapes, and there was certainly um, a, a large amount of trauma that happened to them. But I thank God that the, it, the physical injuries were no worse. And as I was observing what was happening, I'm looking at the EMTs, several of them not wearing shoes, and I'm just kind of confused by my surroundings. And then I'm told that the EMTs and some of the firefighters had given up shoes and jackets for the girls to make sure that they could safely get up the embankment and back up onto the road. They had taken their shoes off when they had come down in the car because their feet had gotten cold. And so when the accident happened, the shoes flew out and they had no shoes. Just the whole scene of care that was happening for our children was just absolutely incredible. And I can never express enough my gratitude to the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Departments. You know, my friend, the APD officer who was instrumental in helping get the the um, rescue team in the right place, the, the fire department, just everybody who was involved. I'm so, so grateful. So we were all transported over to UNMH, which is the trauma hospital in the area, and we were there for the majority of the night. CAT scans were ordered, x-rays were ordered. We had to go through the process to make sure there was no head injury, etc. And while we were there, the girls' youth group and the, the elders and the leadership of the church showed up in force. And I want to say a special thank you to all of those, everybody from Pastor Allen to Colleen, the youth leader, to our dear friends, the Elmores. We had so many friends and family members show up and lend their support, their prayer, bring snacks, bring water, bring things just to make us comfortable. And I'm so exceedingly thankful. We were finally released. The girls were pretty banged up, obviously. My daughter Hannah had a number of stitches in her face due to the windshield coming in. And the next day, 
Saturday, everyone was trying to rest and recuperate, and I really felt strongly that I wanted to be at the Saturday evening service. And so I went to New Life City, and I sat, or I got there right as worship was beginning, and a song played that I had not heard before. And you're going to laugh when you hear the song, because you would say, how in the world did you not heard that song? It was everywhere. Well, I hadn't. And it was a song, Reckless Love. And I'm listening to the lyrics, and just the tears are streaming down my face, because I am just dumbfounded that this song was being sung, I thought, just for me and for my family. So for those of you that know the song, you're very familiar with the lyrics. It's being sung in churches everywhere. It's being played on the radio, you know, in every Christian station. But if you're not familiar, I want to read a portion of the lyrics that were so significant to me in that moment. So it, it's this. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me, etc. It repeats. And I just was soaking it in because that was a picture of what had happened for my girls. They literally went over the edge of the mountain. The embankment they went down was somewhere between 150 and 200 feet, and they were stopped by a tree. And if the tree hadn't been there, it would have gone down the rest of the mountain. He brought them up the mountain. He lit up the shadow. He brought them safely home to me. And I'm so exceedingly thankful. The physical injuries have healed. It's been, what, eight months or something like that since the accident has taken place, but the emotional is still taking a good deal of time. A few weeks ago, we traveled to Pagosa Springs, Colorado. We wanted to go up to Wolf Creek Pass to see the colors change, and my girls couldn't do it. They were absolutely unnerved being on a mountain road. There were a lot of tears. There was a lot of anxiety, and the trauma is still very present. I continue to pray for God's healing over them. I know it's going to happen, but I know it's going to take time. And from my mama's heart, I still have moments of anxiety. I will tell you that every time my daughter calls me and I see her, her name pop up on the caller ID, my heart skips a beat. There is this fear that wells up in me about, oh gosh, has something happened again? And see, I even get teary thinking about it. But I guess what I want to speak to you today is, you know, God is so good. He is so present. He is so real. And he is so active in our times of trauma. And I hope this is not something that you listen to and think, well, good for you. You got a positive outcome. But my outcome was not that. My outcome was death. My outcome was, you know, whatever that you can't get past. If that is your, if that is the case for you, I'm so sorry. And I certainly hope that you will reach out and you will look for help, that you will look for counsel, that you will look for good people who will surround you and encourage you and just be with you as your heart walks through the process of healing. If you are having a very hard time getting past trauma, please do seek counsel. It is something that that needs time, yes, but sometimes it may need intervention from the outside. And so I just pray for everyone who is listening to this today. God put it on my heart to record this today, that I pray that God would bring the healing that you need, that he would bring restoration to your spirit, to your soul, to your family, to your circumstance. And as you walk through this period of grief and trauma and trying to heal, just for you to know that you are not alone. So I just speak a blessing over you, and I pray God's best for you. And so, friends, I just hope that this is a word of encouragement for you today. 
May God bless you on your journey.